How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about. Basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. G&D on the fan. Kick off your future with the law firm of Kondorian Murad. They're the official Grant and Danny Show sponsor, and they'll help protect your assets, and upgrade your will and trust. Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. Visit kmlawyers.com and mention us and this show to score a discount. That's kmlawyers.com. Your chance to win tickets to the Premier Lacrosse League event at St. James, some of the best lacrosse in the country, right in our backyard, coming up in one hour at 6, right here on Grant and Danny. We're taking you up to 6.30 tonight. Caps pregame and Caps hockey after us. 7.05 puck drop at home for the good guys as they're looking not only for a point in a third straight against a good team, but more importantly, I guess equally importantly, I don't know if it is more important, but for me, the Alex Ovechkin all-time goals chase is kind of taking center stage until they're squarely back in the playoff That's mix. where I'm at, yeah. I mean, it's basically, if I can't watch the game, my first question isn't did they win, it's did Ovi score. Oh, that's a good way to put you it. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's how I think about it. I still wonder first, did they win? So I guess, I mean, until they're eliminated from the playoffs, I think that's probably what we should care about. They're in a precarious situation, six points off of the playoff pace, same number of games as Detroit. And the Red Wings, in my opinion, are just a better team. But they could still get on a heater, rip off, you know, seven out of 10 or something, and mm-hmm. they'd be not only in the playoffs, they'd probably be not even the last team in at that point. So they're one good stretch away. Problem is just they're playing really good teams. But... I start with did they win and then did Ovi score, I guess, in terms of my cares each night. I may, And it may be because of what my assessment is, right? And I can certainly be talked out of it. Yeah, you might already have decided internally you know, they're probably not making the playoffs. And I go, yeah, my, my feeling right now, the way I've got to categorize is, even if they do, there's not much that can be done. I just don't think they're as good as most of the teams that have to climb over or that are ahead of them. Like, when you watch the Bruins play, I know they just beat the Bruins, but when you watch the Bruins play on a nightly basis, it's not what Washington looks like. You know, there's too many teams that are too good to sort of say, like, maybe, like, I'm now in the opposite mode, but you're 100% right. A hot stretch changes the eye line. Does Charlie Lindgren get hot? Do you get a couple bounces? You you can win a playoff series against a Boston team that you blanked. As you pointed out, they, they didn't just beat them, though. They dominated they them, did. I thought. Circuit to circuit. Mm-hmm. They got that club in the bag still. You know, the way they played against Vancouver for massive stretches of the game this weekend, they still got a little something. Uh, but more on the caps in our power play later on. They're on Grant and Danny. Get back to the calls in just a moment of how you're going to decide whether you enjoyed the offseason or not for the commanders. What has to happen for you to feel good? I also want to get into, Danny, and maybe we can wait till we bang out a few more calls because people have been waiting. The thing they could do this offseason that would upset you the most. Like, at the start of the offseason, I would have said hire a defensive coach, which happened. So 
we can we can move on. We'll check that box. But I've got a couple more. Like there were three to me mm-hmm. that would have really annoyed me. One of them happened. That's fine. The other two are more important. Both involve the quarterback position. So we'll get into that. But let's go to Ian in Vienna on GND. What's up, dude? Grant, I'm with you. I want offense, offense, offense. And I think Danny said that. And then I do want aggressiveness and free agency. Don't overthink the draft. You don't need to trade up to one. And my fear with the Cliff Kingsbury, Caleb Williams Association is that there might be some of that going on, which is very, very concerning for a lot of reasons. But act like a professional team. And there's already been a couple of moves that I don't feel that have been professional. I don't know why Marty Herney and Martin Mayhew are back. I don't know why Jason Wright is still there. I think there's some roster turnover, i.e. front office personnel, the entire organization turnover that need to happen. But most importantly on the field, draft a quarterback, go offense. Don't say these are franchise-altering draft moves. Just offense. Your phone's crackling. Thank you, buddy. Sorry, buddy. Thanks for the call. Uh, a couple of things on that. He reminded me of something I wanted to bring up yesterday. Did you see the report over the weekend of Cliff Kingsbury supposedly being told when they hired him that he'll have some say in the quarterback that they pick? I did. Is that, is that how? You, I'm trying to think of the exact phrasing. I was trying to look so it up. The, the phrasing I remember was. Kingsbury was told that they'll do what they can to get him the quarterback he wants. Yes. And I and I went, okay, that's that's very intriguing. I feel that like the same way about that as I do when two years ago I started to complain about the fact that Ron Rivera and Jason Wright were going to pick me my football team name as passerbys. This is my thing that I've had my entire life and will always have. You're here for three hours, sir. Mr. Rivera. He's gone now, by the way. Oh, God. Called my shot there. But, I mean, Jason Wright is still here, and I hopefully does a great job and is here for 20 years. But the point is, you're a hired gun. I cut you open. You don't bleed burgundy and gold. You played for the Falcons. You played for the Browns. You might be a senator in 10 years. I have no idea. You're a successful guy. You're good at business. But the picking of the name with so little stake in it. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. I was going to say kind of so, you, you just haven't been in the battles that I've been in. You haven't been to war with me and, and the dude in Section 413. Yeah, the so. number two guy is already gone and like uh, tweeting about it in, in the past tense because he works for some MLS team. And that's what it was. It's it, like, wh- what? It was Rivera and a bunch of guys in suits who moved on to work with the Chicago Fire. And you know what I mean? It's just like, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but no. How about no to that? No. And I would feel the same way as I do about the name being chosen by people who aren't real ones. If Kingsbury, who's here to get another head coaching yeah, job. Respectfully, my quarterback is going to be here longer than Kingsbury is. Now, doesn't right? mean he should have no say. He is immensely responsible for developing the guy. The guy's got to be able to play in his offense. It is paramount that the relationship between Kingsbury and the quarterback is very healthy and very good, especially because you hired Dan Quinn. Now it's basically the Cliff Kingsbury show to make sure Drake May or Jaden Daniels or whoever ends up being a terrific NFL quarterback. So, yeah, he should have some involvement. But the report coming off as if, like, he's going to basically get his guy and call the shot, no. This is Adam Peters' decision. If Peters wants someone and Cliff Kingsbury wants somebody else, sorry about your luck, man. 
Make it work. This is what good coaching is. But Adam Peters' guy is the guy I'm picking, just to be clear. This was Mike Garofolo talking about this on NFL Network. So where does that leave the Washington Commanders? Right now at number two with a new regime, Dan Quinn, the, the head coach, uh, Adam Peters, the new general manager, but also Cliff Kingsbury, the offensive coordinator, and many have noted Kingsbury spent last year with USC. We do expect, and many around the league expect, the Commanders to at least check in with the Bears to see what that historic haul would be, as you see Cliff Kingsbury right there. Ian, you talked last week about Magic Johnson being one of the people that recruited Cliff Kingsbury mm -hmm. to come to the Commanders after he decided to not go with the Las Vegas Raiders. Not only did they go there contractually, I'm told they also communicated to Kingsbury, we'll do as much as we possibly can to get the quarterback that you want. So if it's Williams, they'll try to get to Chicago at number one. But if not, Drake May from North Carolina is certainly a possibility there, and they're comfortable with him potentially. Maybe, maybe it's semantics, but it's really important to me that you get counsel from Cliff Kingsbury, but he's not helping to call the shots with the quarterback that you're picking. And you heard earlier in that cut from Garofolo, they're going to check in with the Bears. That's a nothing burger. Of course they are. Yeah, check in. Hey, what does it cost to move up? Really that much? Thanks so much. <laughs> I mean, that, that's checking in. Yeah. So the, I know it may sound like, as you said, semantics to some, but I think it's essential for the, for the thing to run well. You can't just take assets willy-nilly and go, wow, this is what this guy wants, and we're lucky to have him. It, it can't work that way. right? In other words, you go, to, you go to Kingsbury, we hired you because of your connection with Caleb Williams. That means we'll stop at nothing to get Caleb Williams, which means all this leverage and capital that we just, we literally just put it, finished putting ourselves in a great position, we're going to sacrifice that based on somebody that, with all due respect, isn't part of the long-term plan. That's, that's Kingsbury. We're, all, we're here to have each other benefit from something. We presumably get an upgrade in offense, you get back in the good graces of the league and move towards being a head coach again. Everybody benefits. That No part of that says five years. No part of that says the beginning, middle, and then end of this rookie deal for a guy that basically is going to help sink or swim the organization. Well, here's my concern in terms of Kingsbury picking a QB. Based on what we've seen, he does not seem very good at separating the guys he works with and likes personally from the guys that he wants in the league. And what I mean by that is he thought Johnny Manziel was going to be awesome if you go back and read all the press clippings from after he worked with Manziel in college. He traded uh, or, or made it very clear after the Josh Rosen pick that they were going to take Kyler Murray 1-1, who he you know knew from his college days as well. So I, I guess my point is I, I'm, I'm sure you like Caleb Williams. I'm sure your buddy's with him. Cool. Thank you for that input. Now let's turn on the tape, Adam Peters, and get to work. Javel's and Culpepper on Grant and Danny. Javel, what, what do you want to see them do this offseason that'll make you feel good going into the year? Uh, hey, good evening, guys. Um, uh, three, three quick things. Uh, I, I want to be aggressive in free agency. And uh, going back to a segment uh, a couple of hours ago, Kirk Cousins would be perfect, okay? That, that would be my first thing because Kirk Cousins is going to be better than any more than likely than any of the top three or four quarterbacks taken this year. Okay. So if if you pair Kirk Cousins with Marvin Harrison Jr. and at, at with that number two pick and Terry McLaurin, look at what Marvin uh look at what Kirk Cousins has done with Justin Jefferson. Okay. Um if if you could get Kirk Cousins at twelve to thirteen percent of the salary cap, which you're gonna have the most in the league, you sign Kirk Cousins to a three year deal and you're a contender week one. And and that's just that's just probability probability and statistics would tell you that if you can keep him under thirteen percent of your salary cap. 
Other than that, before you I move on, I, I I think the idea makes sense. To be honest, like it, it, I get it. I'm trying to do the math real quick on 13 percent of 242 million. Top of my head, I'm not sure that that math works because his market is like 40 to 45 million. Do you know? Have you done the math on seeing like what that like what is the salary you're suggesting? So so I'm 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 looking at and, and I uh, I think a lot of people as myself. We, we go off of what we hear or see on the internet or NFL network or um, ESPN or PFF. And I'm getting these stats from PFF because his comp, uh, he's actually the number two free agent by PFF standards. And his comp is to Phillip Rivers. Right. And Phillip Rivers, his last season took up 12.6% of San Diego at the time's salary cap, you know, and that was, you know, granted in 2024 seasons ago. So, yeah, the yeah, yeah, no, totally. The only di- the only thing is, oh, you're talking about when River, oh, when Rivers went to the Colts, right? Right. So that was yeah. in 2020. Right. So that makes sense. Right. I mean, the only saying? the only problem was he was coming off of 20 picks and kind of a, a pretty pedestrian season, whereas Cousins was on his way to like MVP stats. Right. So but I maybe just, the injuries are wrinkled. Maybe that totally, knocks it down totally. a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's the big question. I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to play for 30 million, or else the Vikings would just keep him. If he's leaving, okay. it's because he's getting like forty-five mil. But anyway, that's a, right. I get the argument. All right, what's the other thing you want to see? Um, I, I would want, really want to go strong uh, in free agency on the defense side of the ball. Um, I, I want a, you know, I, I want a Josh Allen from from Jacksonville. Um, I want a uh, Brian Burns <clears throat> from the Panthers. Um, we, we look at safety. We don't know what we're going to do with Cam Curl. I want a Kyle Duggar from the Patriots. Or I want an Antoine Whitfield Jr. You know, I want possibly, okay, uh, Tampa Bay can only franchise one player. I want Devin White, or I want uh, Evans uh, to compliment Terry McCorn. And then the offense and the offensive line especially, you handle that in the draft. But I would love to trade back because, guys, this is my point, and I know everybody's in love with that number two pick. If Peters is an evaluator of talent, as he said, if he's not in love with May, Williams, or Daniels, and I mean in love with that number two pick, you trade back for extra three or four picks, and you go for Bo Nix, you go for Michael Penix, you go for J.J. McCarthy. Well, So that's the argument. Thank, Thank you, you, buddy. Appreciate Good call. you, JaVale. Good call. I mean, th- that's the argument is if you watch the film, you do your research, you put your board together, and you go – Drake May is not it. Yeah, I just don't love these guys. Jaden Daniels not going to translate. I don't think either of these guys are franchise quarterbacks. They're going to get us to the playoffs every year. Then you shouldn't just take one at two. I find it hard to believe with the quality of prospect of these two guys. Drake May, the prototype body with the big arm, the Herbert profile, and Jaden Daniels, who's electric as a dual threat. I find it really hard to believe you'd watch those two guys and go, they're not worth the number two pick. But if we're following that hypothetical for mm-hmm. JaVale and, and he doesn't love them, then sure. Absolutely trade backs on the table. I did the quick math based on the expectation of what the cap will be this year. 13% of the cap is like $31 million. I don't think that's happening. Would you have any interest if, rather than doing his like fully guaranteed two-year-at-a-time thing, Cousins wanted the Daniel Jones like one-last-ride five-year contract where the first three years there's guaranteed money and then... You can kind of get out of jail free after that. And it starts at like $28, 29000000 million against the cap this year. That's far more intriguing to me than what I think the market value is going to be. That becomes a, a good balancing act, like right? Like in his Where mind, because yeah. you could sell it as, look, 
it's it rather than coming here for two years and finishing somewhere else and now playing for you know full five teams or whatever. One last stop. You, you got three, maybe four seasons left. Mm-hmm. It'll get you to age forty or whatever. You're the starter here, and your cap is going to be yeah. It's not prohibitive. Twenty million less than what Dax right. is. Yeah, it's not prohibitive. We can still you still have all the draft picks. You can still surround with talent. You can still maximize that number two overall pick. That becomes more intriguing. It's probably not what I would do, but it's also. I just, I, I just don't know if it's realistic, honestly. With, I don't either. With, I think with, co- the, with the free agency, I coming. think if your cousin, even off the Achilles injury, right, you're going to get two and ninety fully guaranteed if you want it. Probably, I mean, off of an Achilles makes it tough, but he didn't dance on that stage for fun. Yeah, that was a, a business decision. It's purposeful. Shot across the bow he, there. He was, yeah, he was showing some people like, hey, the guy that was on pace for. 5,000 yards and, and 40 touchdowns. And I'm not doing it based on athleticism either, right? It's, right. I'm, I'm here to use my mind and throw back shoulder fades. Let's go to Max in Arlington on GND. What's up, Max? Hey, guys. I actually love your list. Uh, I had two tiny tweaks to the quarterback at two and the free agency. And they are all with the thing that would drive me crazy, which is please stop chasing nine and eight and 10 and seven and one playoff game and whatever. It's the worst let's thing you can do. Right. It's the worst thing. 30 plus years title. of it, dude. So let's play for a title. Let's do everything should be with the objective of in 26 and 27, you're competing for a title. So on the quarterback thing, I think you're taking a quarterback. I think if the professionals that you have doing personnel evaluation, look at the quarterbacks and they like all three of them. And the Patriots are in love with somebody and you can get, a future one or a couple second-day picks to move back into the three slot and get your other guy, I would be totally fine with that. Um, On the free agency question, I think they should be aggressive. The only thing that I don't want to see is please, please, please don't sign a bunch of guys with backloaded contracts so that after you nail the quarterback and you find an explosive receiver and you do all these things, and in 26 you're ready to compete, you suddenly have $60 million in dead cap space because of these guys that you overpaid three years earlier yeah, who smart. helped you no, do smart. nine and eight. You, you can front load it with all the cap space you got now if you want and get some of it out of the way even. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, let's flip this angle, Ryan, on, on the phones. So here's where we'll go next. What would you be mad if they did it this offseason? What would irritate you to the point where you go, you got to be kidding me? I put all my trust in you guys, and you did that. And you did this. 800-636-1067. Plus, I think people will be surprised what's now being said about the number of quarterbacks that could go in the first round in this draft class. You're listening to the fan. I would say, uh, one, it's a a cool question, Liam. I would say, uh, I want to make sure, above all things, um, that our identity takes place about how we play football and that um, when people watch us play, they know what commander's football looks like. You know, we're going to find our true north to say we are going to be explosive, we are going to be physical. If we do those things right and if we can get to that space quickly, um, the success will follow from that. But you can't put a prediction on that without having those things in place. So uh, I'm somebody that wants to hit every rung of the ladder and not jump across steps to get to somewhere where you you left some things off. That's Dan Quinn. We're Grant and Danny. You're listening to The Fan. 
Sharif Floyd took to social media today, posted a picture of himself in a Virginia hotel wearing commander's gear, and that led people to assuming, hmm. with the caption, day one with the commanders, maybe he's adding his uh, Washington, he's, he's being added to this coaching staff. Suspicions were uh, were confirmed a little bit later than I suppose. And that's exactly what's happened. Mm-hmm. So Dan Quinn is hired. Cliff Kingsbury as his OC, Joe Witt Jr. as his DC from Dallas, and Larry Izzo as his special teams coordinator. The defensive staff has almost all filled out now. You got Witt Jr. calling plays as your DC coming over from the Cowboys. Jason Simmons from the Raiders, top 10 scoring defense last year, pass game coordinator and DB's coach. By the way, a massive upgrade over the high school coach they had last year with all due respect. (laughs) Assistant D-line coach Sharif Floyd. Linebackers coach, a former coordinator, Ken Norton Jr., love that. Pass rush specialist, Ryan Kerrigan. Senior defensive assistant, John Pagano. So the only opening that I can think of, unless there, if maybe Floyd ends up being elevated and is just their D-line coach, is who is going to actually coach the D-line. My guess is they already know, and it just hasn't made its way out publicly yet. But that's the one vacancy. On the offensive side of the ball, Cliff Kingsbury's your OC. Brian Johnson, who called plays for the Eagles last year, is the pass game coordinator. Tavita Pritchard, the only of the guys that were retained from last year's staff uh, among the quarterback room. He will continue to work with Sam Howell, and he will be hands-on with whoever they draft at number two. Bobby Johnson stays in the division, comes over from the Giants. He'll coach the O-line. Did not love that hire. I have nothing really against Bobby Johnson. I was just hoping for someone who'd gotten some really good results or been a part of an org where they had a great line the last couple of years. That's not the case here. That's the opposite of the <laughs> yeah. Giants. Uh, tight ends coach, David Rye, we found out today. And then Bobby Ingram, the wide receivers coach, is staying, it sounds like. Uh, so there will be two holdovers on the offensive staff. We have not yet heard who's going to be the running backs coach yet. Randy Jordan left. So that would be the one opening on offense. Linebackers, uh, D-line coach on defense, so still two spots to fill at least for Dan Quinn. But overall, pretty impressive grades, right? I mean, they've, he's been able to pull from multiple teams for, with you know various connections that he's had over the years. And again, the, the thing I will always be excited about is when somebody had a more senior role elsewhere and gets bumped down and is on your staff. Like if Ken Norton was the defensive coordinator, I'd, I'd wonder a couple things. I'd, I'd, I'd have some questions. He's in the room coaching linebackers? Hell yeah. Sign me up for that. Same thing with, uh, you mentioned Brian Johnson from Philadelphia. Those kind of themes, I'm usually pretty darn good with. I'm a little surprised Ingram's hanging as the wide receivers coach just because their wide receivers other than Samuel kind of all disappointed last year in his first year. But they obviously, with some quick self-eval, decided that wasn't on him, right? Like, it wasn't like those guys weren't coached well or the, Mm -hmm. the fundamentals weren't there. Although I will say, I thought Jahan Dotson dropped so many passes last season. I don't know that you could blame that on a wide receivers coach. Like, he just wasn't what I anticipated. Forget getting open and being involved. When they threw him the ball, he was not quite the same guy as he was as a rookie. But they clearly like Ingram. And according to reports, Ingram had other options. Had options, yeah. Like, there were teams that wanted to pry him away, and he stayed here. Um, So that makes you feel a little bit better, clearly. Question for you guys is, what could the commanders do this offseason that would really upset you? So I've got two. I've got one that I think is realistic and one that I think is unrealistic. Both are plausible, though. So which one do you want first? Give me the least realistic one first. Trading for Justin Fields. 
I don't see this happening. I don't think this is a thing. But you've heard people bring it up, just mostly fans and stuff. But people have suggested, what if they trade for Justin Fields? Then they can take Marvin Harrison Jr. Then they could go spend in free agency. I want nothing to do with Justin Fields. A, I'm not convinced that he's that good. I do think he's gotten a lot better, and he's now probably around league average. That's a big departure from where he was for the majority of his career. You're about to have to pay him an unbelievable amount of money. Within the next couple of years, understand this. We were talking earlier about Cousins. Kirk Cousins has a like a nine-season sample now of being immensely consistent, you know, 4,400 yards, close to 30 touchdowns, just being a top 10-ish type statistical quarterback in the league. Justin Fields is going to be making the same amount of money, basically, as Kirk Cousins. No thank you. The whole point of Justin Fields, if you were going to bring him in or get him, would have been a year or two ago, or like when the Bears did, because you have him for no money, for peanuts. $40 million worth of Justin Fields is a non-starter for me. So the, the most annoying, worst thing that they could do, and I don't think this is on the table, but as, as far as things that will be brought up to us ad nauseum on the phones is trading for Justin Fields. Could not be more out on that. Second, and this is the more realistic one, Danny, uh-huh. trading up for Caleb Williams. I have no interest in trading up to number one. I have close to zero interest in like falling in love with Caleb Williams and, and taking him. As I said earlier, I would probably take May over him at two, and I think I would take Jaden Daniels over him at two if one of those two guys goes first and they're both available. I don't like the noise around Caleb Williams. It feels Kyler Murray-ish to me. Uh, I could be wrong, and, and I'll wear it, and I'll put my hand up and go, damn, I missed. But I just don't like the way this is kind of trending with him in terms of what well, it's not him. I feel bad for the kid. But whoever's in his camp, mm-hmm. whoever's floating all of this nonsense, it's not being shot down, by the way, by him or his agent, which I don't like. But I am out on trading up, giving up a King's Ransom to move up one spot. Frankly, I'm, I'm out just on the idea in general that he's head and shoulders better as a prospect than the other two guys. I think a lot of what he does is kind of off-schedule ball. So I'm staying put at two. I'm taking a quarterback. But trading up to me is on my absolutely not list. I would be really upset. Here are my things that would make me upset. There are two. Not coming out of this offseason with a rookie franchise quarterback, or at least a potential of one. Any Anything in the journeyman column, wrong, I'm out on the regime. The instant they go to the to the Case Keenum, Ryan Fitzpatrick tier, I'm out, and I'll wait for the next guy. Wrong. You don't have the baggage I have, I understand that. I can't have it. I can't have a single second where a snap is taken for someone that is literally going nowhere. Anybody that takes a snap at quarterback had better be someone they plan on having here for years. Not a year, not that short term to try to go 8-8-1, eight, eight and one, Ron Rivera style. Never. I will advocate for that person's firing. If that, if we have that, I will, I will be out until that person who made that decision is gone. I'm not kidding. I cannot do another journeyman quarterback. Everyone who wants that, I don't get you. We've been scarred for 30-plus years. We should be out of that marketplace at all times. You either are finding your franchise guy or playing your franchise guy. Not doing neither. How are you defining franchise guy? What if they trade back and they take J.J. McCarthy at 13? I wouldn't love it, but that's that, that is the that person that, that's the person they believe is their long-term answer at quarterback. I don't want a one-year answer. I don't want a short-term answer. I want no leftover DVD market, uh, uh, you know, uh, bottom-of-the-market 
uh, bin on sale for $2 at a Walmart. I don't want that ever again. Michael Pratt from Tulane in the early third round. Whatever. The rookie but, quarterback. But, I, I need a. I, I wouldn't love that. I, so this is what I'm trying to define. Right. I'm, I'm not trying to be obtuse. I'm asking you, are, can you replace the word franchise like with rookie? Like if they draft a guy in the first three rounds, does that count? Or does it have to be? In other words, it doesn't sound like it has to be in the top five. Yeah, I don't. I don't even listen. I I, I have preferences. I I love Jaden Daniels at two. I can I can do a Drake May at two. I can do a Caleb Williams at two. Whatever happens, I need them to be able to walk out and say, "This is our answer for the long term. We're not doing a thing where we start a journeyman Jag veteran right. at any time." So, and I'm wondering what is that line of demarcation? In other words, there are six guys expected to go in the first round. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. Now, all of these guys may not, but these are the six that mm-hmm, sure. a lot of people think could. Uh, Michael Penix, Washington, Bo Nix, Oregon, McCarthy, Michigan. Obviously, all those guys satisfy. Mm-hmm. Michael Pratt could be that guy in at like 36 or 40, in other words? Sure. Because okay. this is a Peters production. So it doesn't have to be a top 10 lottery pick. Right. It, That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, because it means they moved around the board. They traded a bunch of players, and they're smarter than everybody. Totally fine. I, I just need out of the Carson Wentz tier. Forever. And number two, something I think is going to happen. After the draft is over, after this entire offseason is gone, I want all the Rivera decision-making cronies gone. I'm going to be really pissed off that Martin Mayhew stayed and that Marty Herney stayed and all the guys that told you Emmanuel Forbes was good stayed, all the guys that gave good grades to Carson Wentz and William Jackson and all the bad decision-makers that have ruined this franchise for several years. I think a lot of them are staying, and I do not like that at all. I'm going to be really pissed off about I understand it. that annoyance for sure. Yeah. Because my argument for... Why everyone should calm down about that is I don't think they're going to be that involved. I was already wrong in the coaching search because Martin Mayhew was in on every meeting with Adam Peters and ownership, would not have had that in the office pool. I think specifically Herney, but maybe both of those guys. Largely, they're already under contract. You're either paying them to turn in some reports or you're paying them to go drink Mai Tais on the beach. You might as well just get some reports and have them you know, be in and out of the building as they want to and go watch some college games and you have an extra set of eyes on some players, potentially. Do some extra meetings and get some extra background work on, on pro and, and amateur players or whatever you're doing. So I don't have a big problem with the this year part or the right now part. But if they're around sustainably and get new contracts, oh, that, that would be frustrating. I agree. Because as you said, I mean, the batting average was just so bad. Free agency has been terrible. The draft has been better and has just been regular bad. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe even really bad. Not as bad as free agency, which was an abomination. Which was the worst. But, uh, like, you look at that track record and you go, I think you can help me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anything else? What else is there? If not, you could help me. What's the other option? Did you misplace your key card? You stuck outside? Someone will be right there. Let's go to Mustafa in Fairfax on G&D. What's up, buddy? Hey, how you doing, man? What's up, bud? Greatest show on the radio. Oh, you're a sweetheart. Um, Thank you. I just wanted to say, if we trade up for Caleb Williams, I will be beyond furious. I will be like Danny Ruye be asked to come out after the Greta Danny show. No, he's going home. <laughs> so I will be beyond furious. Good thing. And second is if we do not sign my boy, Cam Curl. Oh, interesting. Good one. So you're all in on re-upping with Cam. I guess they could tag him if they can't get a deal done. I think it's going to take like 15 mil per year. I like Cam Curl. He's a really, really good player. He doesn't make a ton of ball skills, uh, ball plays rather, mm-hmm. in terms of plays on the football. He, like picks, fumble recoveries, forced fumbles, that stuff's been minuscule 
throughout much of his career. That's a lot of money, man, 15 mil. I think I would try to get something done with him because it's a good precedent to set, but I'm probably not paying him that if that's market. Unfortunately, there's probably a walkaway price. You know what I mean? Because to your point, like if this was a remember DJ Swearinger non-baggage division, remember that's what all he did. It was it was forced fumbles, it was interceptions, he yeah. was always around the football like Curl is, but there were more of those takeaways and splash plays. Also, I gotta think long and hard about positional scarcity, mm-hmm. you know, positional value. If you're on offense, I'm more inclined to give you the money. If you're someone who gets to the quarterback or generates takeaways in the secondary, I'm more inclined to give you money. I think he's outstanding. I think he's one of the better safeties in the league, and someone should pay him. I'm just not in a spot right now where if it's going to take 15-plus mil a year, I'm necessarily doing that. Grant and Danny, the question for you is, what could they do this offseason that would really make you upset? This is the fan. Grant and Danny here on the fan. San Francisco 49ers, not quite coming apart at the seams, but it's been a a rough couple of days, as you can imagine. So their offensive lineman, John Feliciano, Danny, was on Twitter, and he was responding to some fan who, you know, was really angry at Brock Purdy. So remember the, the third and goal play right before the field goal in overtime where Chris Jones came completely free. Yep. From the interior, got in Purdy's face. He released the football incomplete wide and high of Jawan Jennings. Well, on that play, there were actually two wide open receivers. Now, Jennings came open a little bit too late. Ayuk was actually wide open in the middle of the end zone as well, by the way. Purdy didn't really see him making a throw off his back foot. If he could have bought some time and dropped back more, you know, maybe he could have made the play work. I mean, split but, second. I mean, exactly. Jennings breaks open. It's just the timing's disrupted. I, and I'm not killing Purdy. It's a really, really hard play to make. But I bring this up to tell you that they have a, a lineman in San Francisco named John Feliciano. And he responds to a fan. So this guy on Twitter is yelling about Brock Purdy. And Feliciano says, a quick drop is not needed if the guy that was supposed to block him blocks him. <sighs> throwing one of his teammates under the bus. The guy that was supposed to block him is named Spencer uh, Burford, I think. And Spencer Burford responds and says, Sheesh, I open up my app to this. Get well soon, bro. Because Feliciano's hurt. Hasn't been playing. Feliciano then responds to him, I'm sorry, bro. I woke up hungover and being a bee. I'm trying to have one's back. I hurt you. It's effed up, and I apologize. God. You got you got nothing but greatness ahead of you. I'm sorry, bro. So he got caught. Good lord! Throwing his teammate under the bus. This dude's like, "Come on, man! Why are you calling me out?" And then he's like, "I'm sorry. I'm hungover, and I'm sad." The the apology almost makes it worse. I don't know why, but it, I feel like it does kind of. I kind of love the apology. I do too, but like it, something about it making me cringe. Where it's like, you got nothing but greatness ahead of you. Because what's behind you is a missed block in the Super Bowl that really cost us. Ahead of you is greatness. Behind you meant. is the the mistake. I think that it's just he's a good young player. Yeah. He uh, also pointed out a, a mistake and never walked anything on that part back. That was my second favorite thing I saw online today. Okay. My first favorite thing was a tweet from some guy named Matt who said, my sister placed her first bet on the Super Bowl. Now she's texting me about Arkansas Pine Bluff. She's doomed. 
And it's a screen grab of his text combo with his sister. And the top one says, I won 179, 170, actually. He says, oh, that's good. She says, ha-ha, the next day, 11.45 a.m. Do you bet college basketball? Oh, my God. He doesn't respond. And then at 9.40 p.m., she says, let's go Arkansas Pine Bluff. She's hooked. It has begun. I've been there. I get it. Take a deep breath. (laughs) Think long and hard about whether or not you're going to hit that bet. And if you need that $5. I've got. I've got a general rule, and you can tell me if you don't like this rule, but this is my rule. If I've never heard of a single player or coach on the team, I can't in good conscience wager on that team. I think that's generally a good rule. Do you know what I mean? So it's like respect with all due respect to Arkansas Pine Bluff. I don't know any Arkansas Pine Bluff players. I don't know who's good, who's bad, who's who's playing well, who's not. That's probably one I should holster, right? Like that may not be the one to, to throw the to throw the scrub on. I think you're probably right about that. There are exceptions to that. Like, there are certain trends where there's just a team that's gone to the under or the over in, like, 40 straight games. I don't have to know anything about them, right? Mm. Like, you get some of those sometimes where you're like, okay, maybe I'll dabble. But I haven't told you this yet. I haven't complained about this at all. Do you know I missed out on a parlay by one rush? Did you yard? really? Yeah. Did you? Just a This is you? It happened to? 700-some bucks, yeah. I didn't mention that at all. No. Is that, made it about me in any way. Yeah, but just like as it's going, did you think you were going to get it and then you didn't get it? Or did you know you're not going to? No, like, how I did knew that go? all along it was oh, going to okay. come up just short. Yeah. People around me thought I might get it. Mm-hmm. I don't want the commanders to trade up. I don't want them to trade for Justin Fields. Those are the things that will make me the most mad. I don't want any Martys here anymore. And I need them to come out of this draft process with a long-term answer quarterback. Noah's in Woodbridge, home of the Vikings. What's up, Noah? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, dude. So, for me, um, it's kind of what you said. Um, we don't need to draft up to get Caleb Williams. I'd prefer to get Drake May or Jaden Daniels. I just think there's a higher ceiling for those two versus a J.J. McCarthy or a Michael Penix. Um, and I really – and another thing, if we don't address this O-line situation because we totally didn't address it last year, um, then that probably, you know, I, I'd rather not throw our rookie QB to the wolves like we did with Sam Howell. That's a good one. And by the way, thank you for the call, sir. Uh, by the way, no team would ever go to an inexperienced quarterback mm-hmm. with nothing to fall back on with a proclivity of taking on some pressures and some sacks in college, Jaden Daniels, and not bolster their offensive line. You, you just wouldn't see it. You wouldn't see a team do that. That's not something you would see. That's the easy pass mm-hmm. to the traffic that is the HOV lane to the uh, construction slowdown that is ruining a quarterback. Do not start something that's not there. You're right, Coach. You're I right. It's not even on the tape. I should have moved on. Mm-hmm. Grant and Danny on the fan. There was a big update today on the arena bill to get the Caps and the Wiz to Virginia. We'll tell you what went down next on the fan. Guys, 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 guys. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. 
We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 